Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves, I love that um, producer Ethan's gone with a bit of PK to bring us back in because that our normal music wasn't wasn't coming back. So a bit of Paul Kelly to lead into our next guest. Yes, that works. And, <laughs> you know, and, and both stalwarts and unbelievably handsome in their own way, Paul Kelly, Anthony Stewart. From the Hobart Chargers, welcome to the show. How do you mind that intro? Oh, that's fantastic. One of the best <laughs> I've heard for a long, long time. <laughs> Stu, it's so good to have you on the show and yeah. we've been catching up outside of this about the Hobart Chargers and the NBL1 and your role there as head coach. Tell us a little bit about what's happening behind the scenes at the moment. Yeah, really exciting time for the club. Um, a lot of youth coming through. I think the average age of uh, our trainings is around 18, 19 years of age. Um, it's a bit of a different direction for the men. Um, a lot more training on court, five, six sessions a week and I think uh, our focus has sort of shifted more towards uh, making sure the women are very competitive. I think they're recruited unbelievably. There will be some announcements soon, but probably the biggest recruit so far is Alana Smith. Um, yeah, amazing. If, um, I spoke to her dad the other day, hopefully she returns to Tassie after a stint in Poland, but what she's doing over there, there's a lot of WNBA clubs chasing her at the wow. moment. So, yeah, it's a, a little bit touchy wear, but um, I think she wants a little bit of a break and hopefully we see her back in, in Tasmania. Absolutely. And we're talking, of obviously, the success of the Jack Jumpers, but the good part about it for Tassie is that we know that Tasmanians are just obsessed with basketball at the moment. That's a given. Um, but the basketball doesn't have to stop after the, the NBL season is done because then we roll in and we can get down and watch the Hobart Chargers. How is the team shaping up at the moment? I know you can't tell us too much, um, but you might be able to give us a couple of hints into uh, to a few exciting prospects that might make their way onto the court. Yeah, look, I, I think um, we're hopeful that the we continue to have that relationship with the Jack Jumpers, the mighty Jack Jumpers as they're known at the moment. <laughs> uh, like to go... Back to back into a semi final, and I, I really do believe uh, obviously, Coach Roth's done an amazing job. They can win this this year. Yeah. Um, so that's caused another level of momentum. Um, I think the Chargers crowds last year were, were very impressive. Uh, we got full houses most of the time, and I think, as you said, basketball's just really going well. Um, so we're hopeful that you'll get hear about a couple of announcements from those Jack Jumpers. We're sort of just trying to let them uh, finish their season and then uh, hopefully we'll announce a couple of their players soon and on top of that we'll just go with uh, one import and, and then of course big Ollie Angerstein, uh, our big German man uh, that uh, certainly has attracted a lot of attention, not just here but I even got a, uh, a text uh, last week to say is he interested in going to Taiwan for for a few months but he's got his family here and he said it just doesn't fit and the money's really attractive so 
uh, for him to stay here, we're very lucky as well. I call him the best big man outside the NBL in the country, and there's no doubt about that. Is there, is there a chance for him in the NBL? Is there, is there a, he's, a... he's working on his citizenship. Um, so the, the tricky part there, which even the NBL are struggling to acknowledge, if, you, if you've represented your country at junior or senior level and you move to Australia, then you can't become... Um, you can't play in the NBL. So he'd have to be an import. Yeah, he played with the German under-19s back when he right. was a lot younger. So that's restricted him from playing with uh, in the NBL as a, as a local. So he's got his citizenship, but he's just got, got to go to another level with that. So he's actually a local in NBL 1, mm. but not in NBL. And, and Stu, I can remember we spoke years ago about this was pre-Jack Jumpers, and we've seen this influx across uh, junior basketball representation participation through the roof. We, we spoke about the lack of um, maintenance on existing basketball facilities and now obviously there's a, there's a clear need for new basketball facilities. What are the challenges there and what, what, are, what are some of the conversations that are, that are taking place to, to actually um, benefit basketball? Yeah, I think there's a, a little bit of a um, misunderstanding as far as I, I feel like we've got a lot, a, a lot of competition courts but as you've seen with Swisher in the city, um, and the partnership with the university is uh, is we need more training courts, more places for kids to be able to go and shoot and, and get on the courts. And I think that goes across all levels. Because of the participation rising, there's nowhere to train. Uh, and a lot of our clubs are having to turn away young young kids, and that should never happen. Mm. Yeah, that's we just don't want that because there are so many kids that want to play. Like we saw, I think we were speaking earlier about basketball, Taz saying it's up something like... What was the percentage? 42%, did you say? 42% yeah. or something for, for junior sign-ups. It's just unbelievable. And, and so, Stewie, is it a point where there has to be a cap on participation? Is that what you're saying, that the, the kids are being turned away from yep. basketball? Yeah, they wow. are. Wow. Yeah, even the clubs aren't really structured to be able to take the influx of young but people. But that's seen. the thing. How can they? Yeah. They can't. They can't. We, I mean, we're, we're constantly working with schools and venues to try and get access, but yeah. we're like everyone else. You've got netball, futsal, volleyball. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of sports trying to get indoors, uh, and it's purely mostly around training yeah. uh, and participation, like social basketballers and your Div 3, your Div 4, your Div 2s. It's actually not the, the high-level mm. championship side. So... Yeah, a lot of a lot of discussions going on at the moment, but the price tag to build two new yep. competition courts is is a lot of money. Well, yep. what, in, is that, that that's obviously part of the negative to the stadium and AFL license debate. That if all this money gets tipped into one sport, what actually happens for a basketball who desperately needs an influx of cash for for stadium training facilities, cricket, yeah. hockey, and then you know some of the sports that sit below that volleyball. You know, in terms of their uh, yeah. participation funding. So is that, is that going to be re truly restrictive, do you think, to the development of other well, sports? Yeah, and we're seeing it. Like, as far as we run athlete development basketball programs, and it's gone from six kids five years ago when I started at Taruna, mm. and with the partnership with the university and the UBL and everything that we're doing there, we're up to 400 kids. What? Wow. 400 this year That's will amazing. be doing athlete development um, wow. It, it's incredible. But a lot of those are very social basketballers, mm. probably can't play the sports because it's unaffordable mm. yeah. as well, is, is a, a massive challenge for us. Highly multicultural areas. Um, but the interest 
within the high schools. Is all there, yeah. From year nine to, this is just year nine to 12, 400 athletes uh, this, wow. this year started last Thursday. It's amazing. Is, is, are, there, are there any conversations with the Department of Education around, you know, obviously Swisher have done unbelievable things for, for basketball and, and access, and, and look, maybe... You know, that that business you you potentially wouldn't have foreseen this this growth. So no. from a business perspective, mm. whenever I see you, you're tired because you're working <laughs> you're working some yeah. some serious hours. But are, are there are there any other discussions around you know how potentially you know Swisher and Bart and yourself and and Nashi can can actually impact that space as far as competitions and and and, and an offering for basketball? Yeah, look, we're, we're working hard. I think it's a, it's a proven product. We've only been going 16 months, mm. but the place is full every week. Mm. Um, but what we've tried to do is make it affordable for young people to sign up on memberships and come in and shoot any time of the week. And really, uh, we're at capacity. We've spoken about that, Gigi. Mm. But, um, and then you've got the charges sort of giving that pathway for... We're really concentrating on the Tasmanian contact and... Your aspirational program right now is your jack jumpers, and yeah. hopefully we get a, a women's WNBL team soon. Yeah, uh, and the full pathways there from year nine right through even the yeah. NBL one community programs in primary school. I, I think the jack jumpers have obviously um, amplified the problem, but it has been trajectorying up for four or five years since we started those NBL one community programs in primary schools and. That's where you got to get them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that about the Hobart Chargers is that focusing on fostering women in the sport as well. And I know that it's Big important focus. to the group because mm. we speak about it. Um, and it's it's real intrinsically in, in everything that you guys are doing as well in, in fostering that talent on the female side in Tassie as well, yep. which is so important. Um, we could sit here for, for ages chatting with you, Stewie. I think we need to bring you on again. And we, and we will leading in, into the season to find out more about the, the import and these players that you're not telling us about just yet. So <laughs> Jeeves and I will be ringing you and um, we will be putting you under the pump because we want to know, for, at least promise us that you'll tell us first. <laughs> So that, we're, you know, we, we heard it here first. Well, everything's agreed to. I just can't announce it. And we're trying to just leave it alone until the Jack Jumpers um, yep. finish fair their enough. season. And, 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 and look, and that, that's, that's, that's actually really good of you to, yeah. Yeah. to, to, to provide a bit of clean air. So, yeah. Oh, mate, it's what, it, what it's done for the community and the state, mm. uh, it's just amplified basketball. And that's that's been my dream is just to see every kid wanting to play basketball and get out there. And it's, it's awesome. It's happening. starting to come. Yeah, yep. It's starting to happen. You've seen yep. it. Well, Stewie, Anthony Stewart from the Hobart Chargers, thank you for joining the show. And we look forward to chatting to you in the lead up um, to the season. And listeners, get down and watch the Hobart Chargers. Stay tuned on, so on their socials and website for updates, team announcements, all the rest of it. Thanks for joining the show and have the best weekend. And thanks for, thanks, thanks for giving us a bit of insight. We will look forward to, uh, to putting you under the pump for a few more announcements soon. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, we'll Stuart. be back after this.